Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 135, The Goal. I have learned in the course of my turn from atheism back to our glorious Lord Jesus, that if we let him, God will lead us ever closer to Christ. Last week, I used the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 to point out the fundamental orientation that anchors our existence as Christians. Life, fundamentally, is that which values, from bacterium up to man. And to value rationally, that is, to be aware of value as value, is to be aware that there is a hierarchy of value. Some things are more valuable than others. That hierarchy makes it clear that valuable things point beyond themselves to a higher and, ultimately, to a highest value. All other values find their proper place in our hierarchy only when we pursue the highest value, God. Absent that vision of the whole, our values are misplaced. Our orientation as believers in Christ is to be Godward, to the source of value. I want to know Christ Jesus. I now wonder if God's purpose for the Christian atheist thus far was to teach me this lesson. I had a goal to reach out to atheists with the good news of Christ, to convince them that so much of what they believed, or even that they believed anything at all, was self-deception, that the most balanced rational approach to living as a human being is found in Christ. As the years passed for us, we wondered why we had never taken off, either on the podcast platform or our YouTube channel, and I was crestfallen that no atheist seemed to hear what we had to say. Perhaps I was elevating an important but subservient value to the highest rank. As our last season of The Christian Atheist was coming to its end, we began to wonder what God wants us to do. Jesus said that a person is known by their fruit. Jenny had repeatedly mentioned to me over the years that Jesus did not argue with those to whom he spoke, as I felt I needed to do. I wonder how effective the ministry of this podcast has been. What fruit has come of my many arguments? What have we accomplished for Christ? And what has been my orientation in drafting these episodes? Was I looking Christward or toward man? I have repeatedly claimed that the Christian walk is the model for scientific inquiry, that we must let reality, or God, correct us, and not the other way around. Have I been following my own advice? This season, Jenny and I decided to pursue God first, as Paul makes clear. Actually, to be honest, Jenny put God first, and I resisted. What good could I be to God if I wasn't doing what I was uniquely capable of doing, what I had been trained to do? I now see that I was valuing garbage over Christ. I had to leave that go, not as a practice, but as a value independent of God. 
As I said, the change is one of focus and priority, of orientation. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to him in his death. I am believing that correcting my path, reorienting my values, will bring me closer to my Lord, and consequently bring more fruit for his kingdom. To that end, this week, I would like to finish the thoughts of the Apostle Paul from Philippians 3. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Our journey with God will be an eternal journey, ever onward and upward into his inexhaustible wealth, farther up and farther in called Aslan to his followers in C.S. Lewis's last battle. The journey to God begins here and now, in this spatio-temporal existence we call our universe. But it never ends. Paul begins this passage by expressing the intellectual and spiritual humility that I glimpsed in Socrates while I taught philosophy to undergraduates as an atheist. Socrates, as indeed all my philosophical study, pointed me to Christ, even as I resisted. It seems as if I am always the reluctant child his father must drag resisting into his joy. Listeners, I have not attained it, but I do want to make his mind my own. For in knowing Christ, we first begin to become true individuals. It is in God that we can start to become who he made us to be. We must lay aside our will, align it with God, and then we can begin to be ourselves, to have a will. We do this because Christ has already made us his own. God wants to stand us up on our two feet that we might begin to toddle toward him. How? Paul says that however much we have failed, we can rest in the fact that Jesus has made us his own. This is the raft of faith we have discussed so often before here on The Christian Atheist. Because we are gods, we can sail in a new direction, toward him. Indeed, this is the whole of our Christian existence. We are made new, and we are to rest in the newness, to sail on that raft into the beautiful, infinite, unknown mystery of our Creator, the Divine Word. What major impediment do we face, according to Paul? Holding on to what is behind, to the old orientation. 
even to the guilt that ties us to our past self. God wants us to get on with the process of knowing Him. All else in the Christian life follows on this. Notice that Paul begins with the humble acknowledgement that he has not attained the goal, that he too, the Apostle Paul, is on the same journey as we. But he ends on the strong note of confidence. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. The mature Christian knows their ignorance of the infinite riches of God's character, and thus lives in modest humility with everyone. But Christian humility must not be mistaken for softness or lack of conviction. The mature Christian with confidence and faith presses on toward greater knowledge of God as their highest aspiration. In these few verses are contained, to borrow from the words of our Lord elsewhere in the Scripture, all the law and the prophets. So long as our orientation is correct, we can trust that where our thinking is incomplete, wayward, or incorrect, God will show us in his time. In the meantime, Paul adds one final proviso. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. As we acknowledge our inadequate grasp of God's truth, we must live our lives confidently according to the light He has given. No compromise. This is the raft on which we sail. Storms will come. It makes no sense to abandon ship in the middle of the voyage, as I fear we are doing in the church today by compromising away God's truths. Next week, we turn our attention to the book of Malachi, the bridge between the Old and New Testaments. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.